Hello, welcome to Power and Pounders Drum Magazine. I am your host, Coran Lategra. It is Thursday, March 24th. Yes, it is March Madness. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. I know, I hope you guys with the brackets and everything, you know, sorry if your team lost. My team is still in it. You know, being a North Carolinian, you know, the Tar Heels, and, you know, I guess Duke too as well, since they're from North Carolina. But anyway... But I just want to hope you guys are doing hope you guys are doing well today. And um, if you're new to the channel, just subscribe, hit that subscribe button. It is much appreciated. Well, today, my guest today, I've known this brother for about oh man, about a year or so. We connected. I saw him on YouTube, just kind of looking at some interviews, and I came across his channel. And I was kind of curious about it. And I'm like, What's the blind fury? And so I checked it out and, you know, saw some of his videos and uh, I was like, wow, I was really impressed. And so we connected, but we became friends and now he is here. So I want to welcome John Halton to the program. And I hope I pronounced his last name right because I, I always screw up the last names. But. You did not. <laughs> Okay, so thank you. We, you know, and, and and I, we, <laughs> I we gotta say, clarify guys, something. He's oh, a go Kentucky ahead. guy. <laughs> yeah, we were friends until you said you were a Tar Heel fan. So this interview is over. <laughs> bye bye. Hey, he, he's 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 neighbor Carolina. He's from Kentucky, so you know you saw what happened to them last week. Actually, I didn't. So we won't we won't go there. <laughs> 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 How you doing, John? Welcome to Power and Pounders, bro. Well, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Love being here already. <laughs> We're gonna have a good time today, man. I tell you, you got it's, it. It's uh, yeah, we connected. I like I said, we I saw your YouTube channel, and um, you know, I, I was very intrigued by it, and just couldn't stop listening to it. And, <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta connect with this brother here. So that was so, awesome. So welcome, man. Thank you, man. Took us a year to get this going, but here yeah. we are finally. Yeah. So how are you doing in Kentucky? What's going on in Kentucky other than, you know, tears of It's sorrow. football season, man. <laughs> football season. We're in spring practice, baby. Yeah, that's true, huh? I know. I know. Yeah, you guys have been doing pretty good, man, in, in, in football, you know, unlike the basketball team. <clears throat> yeah, I know. We, got, we have an NBA team that gets knocked out in the first round. We have a football team we're overachieving so i'm yeah. i'm a big i'm a bigger football fan anyway actually okay. even though okay. i'm in kentucky yeah yeah but awesome. love the basketball cats but give me football yeah well you know like i say man no matter where i am in the world i'm always gonna be a tar here fan oh yeah so that's right but, uh, you know you now hold on a minute you're in the tournament still yeah. You've been trash talking me, telling me to <laughs> put my tears in a cup. What ex didn't Kentucky and North Carolina play this year? Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> I hadn't really followed it up until oh, madness. Trash talking, you no. don't even know what happened. <laughs> so that is so a typical if, fan if I've know, ever heard one. If, if they played each other this year. I don't know who won or lost because I don't really follow. It's a long season. I mean, they start in September, October. And I'm like, you know what? I'll wait till March Madness. Okay. So, well, since, since you, that I did. <laughs> so, well, since you know that I'm blind, I'm going to give you a little tidbit of how my phone works. Okay. 
What was the Kentucky North Carolina score in December 2021? He's he's googling it. Speech on final. Listen, but listen. December 18th, 2021. CBS Sports heading. Sports. Hold on, hold on. Speech. Give me a minute. You got the wrong year. Speech off. No, no, no. Hey, Siri. Kentucky North Carolina basketball score December 18th, 2021. See. Kentucky definitively beat North Carolina by a score of 98 to 69. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't of course have you don't year. remember. We didn't have a good year that last year. That's why. <laughs> no, that's this season, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it's at 21. That was December. That was three months ago. Oh, they didn't play this year? They didn't play You are a Carolina <laughs> fan. I've seen your text message. You can't spell a lick either. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, play, they didn't play each other this year. This season, yes. Dude, yeah, well, for 2021, that was just three months ago. We're still okay. in the same season. See, I thought I thought they played like in January or something, or February. Not oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why no, that's a whole month difference. <laughs> oh man! Wait a minute. Why do you have me on here anyway? <laughs> So see, just because you're a you get Kentucky fan, you know I, I gotta have sympathy for you, man. So you know. don't. Uh, how many championships you guys have again? Oh my goodness! Take away the know. ones. Take away the ones that were achieved through the academic fraud. Actually, the, actually, it's been forty years. Was it 40, 40, 40 years since uh, Carolina won it when Jordan made the shot in eighty two? Forty years in eighty two. Golly, it has been that long, hasn't it? Yeah. Wow. That was, that was yeah, that was the year I graduated from high school when he made that shot. Wow. I remember George, that. They played Georgetown. He was yep. a freshman. He was a freshman that year. Yep. And I'm that like, was man. a man. I'm like, who was this freshman taking this shot? You know? <laughs> yeah, and you know the cool thing about that is he was number 23. He hit that shot on the left side of the court. Yeah. Same yeah. arena five years later. Uh, Cheney from Indiana, number 23, hit a shot right there to win their title in 87. Okay. okay. Same number and everything. That's crazy. Look it up. Wow. All right. Well, okay. So this interview is over. Yep. <laughs> nice talking to everybody. Good to almost see you. I got to go. A, this is a sports channel now. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me at football season. Oh, man. I know. Well, John, tell me, man, tell me a little bit about your life, man. I, I know a little bit about it, but I want the people, oh, the people that are going to listen to this podcast and the people going <laughs> to watch this interview about, you know, your music career, your drumming. I mean, it is power and pounders, you know, so you, yeah. are, you are considered, you know, you qualify. <laughs> I thought I qualified because I was invited, so... I mean, being a drummer, you know, I mean, I, I have different artists on. I have guitar players, bass players, singers, so forth. But mainly this is a drum channel. So since you're a drum, drummer, you know, just tell us a little bit about your, your drumming background and how you got started doing that. Oh, man, that's that's a story in itself. Um, <laughs> funny thing is, I actually wrote a book that has that in the first chapter. But when I was young, my dad was a drummer. and I was raised in the 70s and 80s, 
And so the likes of Kansas Six Foreigner, Journey <laughs> up to Motley Crue, Skid Row, Warrant, and all of that. Okay. Um, but I didn't really have my own drum set until I was 18. And that was only for three months because I was renting it from a music store. And then when I turned 21, I had just become a Christian and decided to start playing music. So the way I handled it up until that point, pair of drumsticks and a bed. When I was sixth, seventh, eighth grade, this is no kidding. I was a big Peter Chris fan. And I would take as many pillows as I could get, set them all over my bed. You know, those tall aluminum garbage cans. Mm. Mm. Well, I would turn it upside down, put a wash rag on top of it. That's my snare drum. Okay. And I'd sit there and I would play those records for hours because in those days there were no cell phones. If you had an Atari game set, you were rich. <laughs> <laughs> so it was sticks and a bed for me and a record player. And I've just, I played for a long time like that. So then I got my first set at 21 and started playing music that way. So that's kind of my background. Okay. Now, did you, did you play any, any bands at that time? Um, I started a band that was absolutely horrific. But then I, there, there was this band locally that had a quite a reputation. So I went to the fairgrounds, Fort Knox Fair, because I knew they were playing, but I'd never heard them. And this, I'm thinking this was, yeah, this was before I was a Christian because I had heard that their drummer was leaving and I was going to try out for them. And the first song they started in that tent was Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Okay. And I'm going, yeah, right. Yeah, he's going to sing this. And then he goes, hey, hey, mom. I went, whoa, my yeah, gosh, man. it's Robert Plant up there. <laughs> and so about three months, four months later, I became a Christian. And a month later, I walk into the music store and I see this advertisement for a band playing called Omega Highway. And I noticed the names were that of the guys of Bladens. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did they become Christians? I found out where they were practicing and they needed a drummer. And they ended up getting a hold of me later because my band, my first Christian band was a thrash band. Okay. And we asked them, well, I asked them to open up for us in Louisville, Kentucky, and they were more of a mellow rock. Sorry about the voice. I'm losing my voice today. Yeah. And when they opened up for us, the singer came to me later, a month or two later, and asked me to join the band. And I said, there's no way. You guys are way too mellow for me. And God got a hold of me and he said, I want you to join them. I'm like, "Uh, God, have you heard them? They're really good and they're really mellow. Mm -hmm. But I went ahead and joined them, took my double bass with me, and that was all she wrote. We ended up winning. <laughs> we ended up winning a, a car show battle of the bands that had 50 bands, and some of those guys were touring bands. Okay. That played the club scene and yeah. were a Christian band with flat out in your face lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And ended up winning that whole thing. And it just wow. it just took off from there. Wow. So did you guys get signed or anything? Or did you guys go on tour? No. Oddly enough, that band um, had all the ability in the world. We had the look. We had the sound. Um, when we won that show, my dad actually owned a company. He stepped up and said, you guys need to record. Go record. And he paid for it. Um, the, I left that band in 93 to move to Nashville. Um, some stuff happened where I had to leave. And um, let me see, 2012, 
another long story that I won't get into. I ended up reuniting with the singer and we did a reunion CD together okay. and played those songs in 25 years, never wow. practiced them, just went into the studio and just started yeah. pumping them out. <laughs> so, uh, awesome, and, I, and, and quite frankly, I wanted to do a lot more um, drum work on the, yeah. on the songs. And when I went back and listened to it, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, man, I overplayed, you know, you can do that. And I was like, I overplayed a little bit too much on this, but, it was it was fun. Yeah, I, you know it's it's weird that you say that. It's like when you listen to some your recordings or, or whatever, and you think you listen to it today. Some of the stuff you know a person did, and they think, "Man, I should have played that part." Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I should have played this. So I did. I, I'm I'm the same way, man. It's like yeah, I listen to stuff I did like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, nobody knows it, though, unless you tell them. Yeah. But yeah. I just overplayed because I was excited and we're going to revive these songs. I just wanted to rock them out more. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, it was frustrating to an extent. Most people probably don't even notice. But yeah. um, when I went to Nashville, my first daughter was on the way. So I quit playing music. OK. And then I moved back to Kentucky in 2006. OK. I was going to buy a little cheap drum set just to have some jam sessions to get back into it because I sold my drums in Nashville. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I ran into a former bandmate of Omega highway, ended up buying a brand new set of drums. What was I thinking? <laughs> and he met a lead guitarist. And the first day we jammed, we were like, okay, this is more than just jamming. <laughs> and we yeah. ended up recording a full length CD, all original in the first five weeks of oh. us being together and then we got picked up by a record label called Soul Joy Records. They're no longer their their owner died actually. Okay. Um, but ended up recording there and played Cornerstone Festival in Illinois, and just it was a good run. But you know, some sometimes things happen and those yeah. seasons come to an end. So that's kind of my music career right there. Yeah. So okay. So now you you done the the, the music stuff. You got the family now. Got some responsibilities. How did the um, radio aspect of it or your YouTube channel come apart. Oh, well, the, the ministry that you have with, with that, how did that develop? Well, that was right in the middle of COVID. Okay. And I, I was going to originally do a podcast of just Christian music interviews because I have I had some connections. Okay. So that was kind of the goal. Well, yes, I'm blind. And my first interview to do the podcast was with Jimmy Brown from Deliverance. Okay. I know that, met Jimmy. What a dude. Yeah, well, he's a nice we, guy. Well, then it's going to come to no shock to you to know that our first conversation lasted like three and a half hours. I'm like, Jimmy, I've got to go. I got to get to rehearsal because <laughs> I play drums in church. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, dude, can we continue this another day? I've got to go. And he's like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. So um, then I'm trying to edit the podcast to get it down to a listening amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it was just taking so much time. Well, at that same time, um, I was building a marriage ministry and the podcasting was more of a hobby since I had connections. I thought it would be fun, but it was taking away from my marriage ministry and building that. So I put the podcasting down for a while. Then it hit me about a year later after I learned about zoom and all of that, I thought, you know, how cool would it be? to connect the fans with the artists, things that they would normally never get to do. And it clicked. 
Zoom. I can bring on the people that I know and then invite people to join and let them talk to these artists. Yeah. And oh man, it turned out to be a blast. Yeah. And just, I had a ton of fun doing it. The artists seemed to enjoy it more than the fans did. And so that's kind of how it started. And it just, it was just a lot of fun, but yeah. you know, it also ended, but still it was a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And you, you were doing that live, right? If, yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, cause that, like I said, I, I was checking out some of your, your interviews and, and then, and like I say, I guess what really attracted me to it was like, you know, the name, blind, the blind fury. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, you know, what's this all about? And, and like you just shared, you know, you are legally blind. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I ended up with three major brain diseases in 2008, right after I left the band that signed the record deal. About a month after I left them, if not even sooner, um, I was getting ready for work and I turned around and got really dizzy. My left arm went numb and dropped by my side. And uh, I had a, uh, a scary moment. And I ended up in the hospital eight days later, they released me. And then four days later, I was rushed back in an ambulance in ICU. They didn't know if I was coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's a long story. Um, I do have a book that is donation based only. So if anybody wants to know the story, it's in there. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's a testimony, but it's a crazy story, especially what I was originally diagnosed with. No kidding. I was married three and a half months. The original doctor diagnosed me with, now I'm making this up because of the ridiculousness of what he said, marital stress disorder. Oh. He, he blamed what I was going through on stress. Mm -hmm. Come to find out I had three major brain diseases, but that's again, way detailed story. Mm -hmm. And then that girl that I married, um, I was married to her three and a half months in 2017. She suddenly passed away. Oh, so that nine year stretch. Sorry to hear that. Well, you know, here, here's what I tell people. I am so happy for her. It supersedes my sadness because I know where she is. God actually showed her to me, which is also documented in the book. There's also a chapter about blind stories, dumb stuff that I've done or things that I've noticed that are dumb, such as um, going to eat. And they give me my ticket. Now, like your ticket number is 2020. I'm like, okay. So get it, 2020 yeah. vision. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's one of the less funny stories. There's some others in there about me going into the wrong bathroom and that type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, wow. it's called Stop Your Whining Legally Blind with 2020 Vision. Now, is it is it out on any publishing networks, uh, Amazon, or how can people get it? Well, they can go to my website, which is theblindfury.com. Okay. And it's called Stop Your Wanting. There's a link on there and it's donation only. Give whatever you want. If you can't afford it, I'll mail you one. Um, I'll put the link in the uh, description box. I appreciate you know, it. On the YouTube and let yeah. check it out. And, so and if you're not comfortable with that, there is a link on there to the Amazon site where you can also get the book there. So however... Under the same, under the same name? Yeah, yeah. The Blind Fury, when you go to the Stop Your Whining page you'll see everything about it. And then you can either order it through the website. And then, like I said, it's donation based. So you can get $5 or 5,000. I'll take any of it. <laughs> and then um, it'll get mailed out to you. Or if you're uncomfortable 
on that same page as an Amazon link. You click on that, it'll take you right to the Amazon site where you can get it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely put that in the description, man, that people check it out and, and read your story. Thank you, man. It's, it's, it's what I do when I go out and do speaking engagements. I tell the story, not as much detail, but I tell yeah, the story yeah. and, I, and I do a little mini sermon and challenge people because, mm-hmm. you know, I named the book Stop Your Whining. It's about going blind and then losing a wife. So I lost vision and I lost a wife in a nine year stretch. And so I try to challenge people with their mindsets. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging book. If you don't like to be challenged yeah, and you don't yeah. like your toes broken because of the blocks that dropped, don't get it. Mm-hmm. If you're a whiner, wow. don't pick it up. It'll challenge you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That makes sense. Wow. Awesome. Let me, so, let me explain one more quick thing. If, yeah. you go to my, if you go to my website, theblindfury.com, my catchphrase is, if a blind guy can do it, what's your excuse? Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to get feedback to see what other people think, but I actually built that website. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you're a very talented person there. You, I am. You do your own designs and I like the background there. <laughs> well, my daughter did that for me. I just turned around to look for it. Did you see that? I literally just, <laughs> I turned around to look at my screen. I'm a weatherman. And over here, what we have storms rolling in. It's really hot right there. Really hot. I would not go to that part of the country because you were going to get scorched. And that's Arizona. There. <laughs> that is. Especially this time. And over there, it's the same temperature. <laughs> See that right there? Wow. I cannot believe I just turned around to look for the glasses <laughs> when I'm sick. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, okay. Lordy. But glory to God for all the talents. I just like to use what he's given me to use. Yeah. And I, and I want to get to that. So how how did you become a Christian? How did you... And, and, and once you found out that you were blind, I know this is probably in the book, but how did you feel? Did you, were you a Christian before you became blind or you, you Christian afterwards? And did you, did you lose faith in God during that process? It Those are great life. questions. Well, my, my first answer is that I knew who God was. I was never really taught anything about it. Um, I went to a Christian school until I was a freshman. Um, I was a straight-laced kid. And then when I went to high school, I veered off, which I probably was a Christian. It's really hard to know because I didn't know much about it, but I knew about it. Um, But my true transformation, I say, happened November 25th of 91. I was sitting in my truck waiting for a friend of mine to come out of church because, you know, I had other things to do, like watch America's Funniest Home Videos or something. And um, I was sitting there listening to Skid Row in the church parking lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Seriously. And yeah. to give my age away, I popped out my cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. I still I, got mine. <laughs> yes. I got a whole box downstairs, but I was there. Something prompted me and I popped out the tape, turned it to a Christian radio station. There was a female artist on there. Don't know who it was. Couldn't tell you the song. I know nothing about it, but it, said something about living a lie because I thought I was a Christian because I didn't smoke, drink, or cuss. Mm. That's what I thought. I'm a good dude. I don't drink, smoke. I don't even cuss. And I'm playing in a metal band and, you know, whatever. Mm. And I learned really fast through that song, I was living a lie. My friend gets in the truck because I repented right there in the church parking lot. My friend gets in the truck and says, wow, you seem different. So it was an automatic transformation for me. 
And that's when my true walk, I call it my true walk, actually started. So next question was, was I a Christian when I became blind? The answer is yes. My, I think I wrote this in the book. Did my faith weaken? Absolutely not. I cried once and it was only because now I don't get to see my kids play their sports. I was torn up over that because I had very talented kids, three of them, and I was heartbroken because I couldn't see them. Well, about a year later, I got a surgery done and it actually cleared up my vision a little bit so I could at least see them through binoculars at that point. But for the first year, um, people were commentating to me what was going on. And so I had no idea. I was just imagining in my head what was happening. And then uh, I got that surgery done and I would have to zone in on them through my binoculars, but I could at least see a little bit. Then the wife passes away. And I know I didn't lose my faith, question God or anything, because, you know, sometimes we don't need an explanation. We just need to trust. And I think I wrote in the book, how do you handle that type of thing? Well, my book actually says you laugh at it. And I start talking about the vision and the blind stories, but the real key to surviving stuff like that isn't what you do when it happens. It's what you do before it happens. Did you build your house on the rock or did you build it on the sand? The book of Matthew talks about the wise man who built his house on the rock. Storms come, the winds came, and the house withheld, you know, it, it stood in the storm. But the wise man who doesn't build his house on the rock and he builds it on sand, the storms come and it says the house falls with a great crash, a great crash. And it's in my book. So building yourself up spiritually, developing that relationship with Christ, knowing who he is as best as you can will sustain you. Then when something happens, how you respond to it at that moment is also critically important. And that's why I call it stop your whining. In the book, I say this, I could get up every morning, get out of bed, throw myself on the floor, kick, scream, moan, groan, whine, and complain. I stand up and guess what? I'm still legally blind. So what's the point? Stop your whining. God can still use you. Yeah. You know, had I not lost my vision, I'd have a full-time job. Wouldn't be able to study the scripture as much as I do. I have a marriage ministry. I have my speaking ministry. I'm a master certified relationship coach. Um, I'm in the middle of putting a show together with a, ready for this? A deaf Christian magician. We have similar stories. We have similar interests. We both do inspirational speaking. We've decided to create this comedy show to tell our stories throughout the night with all the silly puns. Like he might be talking and I'll he'll do a trick or something. I'll be like, dude, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> yeah. Of course you didn't. You're blind. You know, yeah. a little silly stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I'm taking my drums with me. Okay. I'm going to have them lit up with all kinds of special effect lighting. I'm going to bring kids up on stage with me. I'm going to mess up his illusions. I'm going to perform some with him, but I'm going to screw him up. I'm his goofy sidekick. And this, that's a show that we're, I wouldn't have time to do that if I were yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got a heart that wants to be used, God will use you. Blind, deaf, North Carolina fan, whatever your handicap. Yeah. 
<laughs> you had to put that one in there, didn't you? Oh, did that slip out? Sorry. <laughs> I didn't think I was listening. See, I was listening, Mary. <laughs> I, I couldn't even see if you're on the screen, so I no, thought I, maybe I, you went to the bathroom or something. I'm, I'm listening very good here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, God will use you. He will absolutely use you. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So you got a lot on you. You got you wearing a lot of hats, man. You got a lot going on. You know, I mean, and you got the when, now. When when would this show that you're doing? When would that be? Well, we're shooting. We're hoping to have it done by summer. Um, it, it's a lot of work. We we've written the script. We've we meet every week on video, okay. and I've got to fly up there and do some live rehearsals with him a couple of times. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a, a very inspirational show to see two handicapped guys yeah. doing the stuff that we're going to do, but also having fun with it, telling our stories. There's going to be a ministry time. And uh, I, I am, I'm really, really excited. It's called the Deaf Guy, Blind Guy Comedy Show. Okay. Okay. So it's wow. definitely ministry oriented, but I'm excited. Very now, excited. Are you going to upload any of the your skits and stuff on youtube or? oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll get some promotional stuff out as soon as i get up there he'll start doing some stuff okay. yeah it's just it's still in the works yeah. you know it's still being developed so yeah. we're hoping to have something done by summer okay which which probably there is already since you're in the south <laughs> <laughs> yeah see i know about those north carolina humidities you know yes I, oh yeah I, I don't miss that stuff it is crazy, man. We experience all four seasons in about yeah. a forty-five minute stretch. I know, I know. Wow. We had tornadoes last week, and now we're in fifty-degree weather today. So, wow, fifty. Yeah, it's like fifty-five. Man. Yeah. Wow. See, it's it's already in the upper eighties here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rip. Next subject. It's only March. <laughs> yeah, next, next subject. What else you want to talk about? Come on. Like, come I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your um, your call to the marriage ministry now. Well, this is another thing that is, to me, it's super cool. And the more I study scripture, the more ticked off I get at the church. Um, marriage is God's um, way of showing what the relationship between Christ and, and the church is. Do you know 80% of churches do not even have marriage ministry? They'll sit there and they'll complain. The divorce rate of Christians is about the same as it is in the world. Well, then do something about it. Don't give me a stat. Do something about it. Well, I was divorced. Um, I don't like to say details because, you know, I don't want. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I'm, I'm a private guy, but let's just say that I tried. Okay. Um, ended up divorced and then ended up remarrying. That one walked right out on me. I'm like, what's going on? And this is in my very young Christian days. And so I am befuddled even at that age going, does nobody know what marriage is? Then I married what, who I was telling you about earlier and she passes away. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what in the world's happening? Yeah. Well, because I do Christian inspirational speaking, I thought, you know, I, I need to talk to people just a really quick snippet from the stage about cherishing your spouse. 
Then I met Tanya, heard her horror stories. And I was like, somebody's got to teach this stuff. This is ridiculous. Her ex, a quote unquote Christian, I'm the head of the house. You do what I say. I kind of giggled. I went, that's not what that means. And yeah, so I started in 2018 when I met her. I really dug into scripture. I just semi-retired and I started digging into scripture. And when I started seeing how God views marriage, when I started learning about um, divorce, even, I'm like, somebody's got to be bold enough to teach this stuff. And I started a marriage workshop and I teach it on Monday nights. Now, right now it's on hold and I'm hoping to get back to it by September. But I've had one couple say that their marriage has improved hundred percent. I've had another one say a single lady. I've been really resistant to getting married, but after hearing you teach this, I really don't want to, because I didn't realize how serious it was. And then she said, but I repented because I'm supposed to be somebody's helpmate. I was like, wow, she runs and tells a single friend, a single, a uh, lady that she knows dating somebody, something I taught them. And the lady came back and said, oh, that worked. I'm like, God's way always works. (laughs) But nobody does it God's way. Think about this, man. You've got this earth. If it's a mile closer to the sun, we get scorched. If it's a mile further, we freeze. You've got the stars, all these planets. You've got heaven on that. And it all works in beautiful unison because God put it in order to work like it's supposed to. Then he gives us a book that gives us how to handle our marriages, how to treat each other, and nobody wants to do it. I, I got this. I'll do it my way. Marriage is all about me. Serve me, woman. And it ticks me off. I also get a little irritated with churches who condemn. That's right. Condemn the divorced. They don't even know their stories. And they're condemned. Sit in the back of the church and leave early so nobody sees you. Okay, that's an exaggeration, mostly. But I know somebody whose husband cheated on her. Every time that she found somebody to date, he wanted her back. They made her go back. She'd go back. Ends up divorced anyway, and now they won't let her sing in the choir. He cheated on her, and they won't let her sing in the choir. I'm like, let me introduce you to this guy named Jesus. You know, the guy that told the woman with five husbands that wasn't even with any of them, um, I'm not here to condemn you, but leave your life of sin. Where did that church go? Sorry, I get passionate when it comes to marriage. And especially... Oh, yeah. So we've got churches who aren't teaching it, but complaining about the divorce rate. We've got they don't understand divorce. I've studied it. I've read books. I've read articles. I've watched videos. And I've especially studied depth of scripture and God's revealed stuff to me. And the the workshop thing, I was getting concerned about teaching something one night because I knew I knew toes were going to get stepped on. And I sat at my dining room table and I was considering changing the lesson for that night. And man, (laughs) I barely ever brutal with me, but he was a little brutal with me. He says, are you going to teach this stuff or not? 
Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I taught it. And that told me something. God expects me to be bold and with the truth. And there's so much tradition that has been taught and some, some of it has been false. And I don't want to get into all of it because then I'll really get rolling. <laughs> yeah. But I get so irritated with this legalistic mindset, especially about remarriage. And it burns me up. Because they will take one verse and create a doctrine around it without searching out scripture for the other areas where what they're teaching is contradicted. So that's it. But yes, I'm a huge proponent of marriage. Um, and here's kind of the way I teach. You want to hear it? Yeah. You sure you're not in the bathroom right now, are you? <laughs> no, I'm in my studio. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if you had a bathroom in there or not. But you got I really. No, you can't. <laughs> You know, can't see. It got I, really quiet. I can, I can hit. I can hit the symbol. Let me show you that I'm in my drum studio. <laughs> cool, man. All right, here I come. I am power and pounding Here's the scriptures snare. now. Here's a snare right here. Let's roll, baby. There it is, right here. I hear it. That's awesome. You need to tighten up the head, though. I know. I. You know what? <laughs> <We're all> <laughs> <laughs> I was but, gonna practice after this anyway, so cool. cool. Maybe, I, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> well, here's the way I teach marriage on my workshops and all of that, and I'm gonna start putting out devotional videos. Um, but the one verse that's the baseline is Hebrews 13:4, and it says, "Marriage is to be held in honor among all; the marriage bed undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers." That last part wrecked me about, I don't know, six, eight months ago. I thought he'll judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. See, that sounds like it would be the same thing when you're talking about the marriage bed, right? Mm. But it's not the same thing. But anyway, that's another lesson for another day. But when you go to the word honor, marriage is to be held in honor among all. People read that. They focus more on the second part of the verse. If you pull up the Greek word for honor, it's timios, and it means <laughs> having value, having recognized value in the eyes of the beholder. And the figurative meaning of that definition is to be held in honor, esteemed, and especially dear. So I will take those definitions and put them into the verse instead. Marriage is to be held in honor esteemed and especially dear among all and yes that includes kids yes that includes your job and that even includes your ministry then it says then i'll take it i do a powerpoint that's right my marital monkey marriage ministry has a blind guy doing visual presentations where else can you get that so on my powerpoint it'll say marriage is to be held in honor among all then I'll change it to where it says marriage is to be held in honor, esteemed, and especially dear. Then I will take the name of a husband and the wife, and it morphs. And like, I'm John, wife is Tanya. It'll pop up and it'll say, John, Tanya is to be held in honor, esteemed, and especially dear among all. Tanya, John 
is to be held in honor, esteemed, and especially dear. And all of a sudden, that verse becomes really personal. And it kind of, like I had a minister go, oh, wow. Wow. Then when I switched it to his wife, he goes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. (laughs) So that's how I teach. Oh man, that's awesome, man! And some practical stuff too. But yeah, man, I I'm love sure, it. I'm, I'm sure you got. I'm sure you got people knocking down your door to get to your counseling. You know? <laughs> no, I don't. But I don't really promote it that much. Yeah, um, yeah. I would love to do it. I love coaching people. I love challenging them. As a matter of fact, right now I'm in the middle of writing a husband's devotional. Okay. okay. So, you know, as as we're going through some as you know, crazy times right now. <clears throat> and especially uh, with everything going on with Russia and the Ukraine, and which is very close to my heart as far as Russia, because I lived in Russia. You mm-hmm. know, and, and, and uh, you know, I feel really bad for the people mm-hmm. going through all this stuff. But, you know, worldwide, U.S., what can you tell people? What encouragement, what words of encouragement can you tell people um, that are going through things right now and, and the hope that it's not in drugs, it's not in alcohol, because mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. people probably would turn to that depression, you know, what's life all about? Why is this happening to me, so to speak? You know, so share a little bit about you know, your joy and, and who gives you that joy and, yeah, man. and how, how to receive that joy. Yeah, man. The, the fruits of the spirit, it talks about joy and it talks about peace, just like agape love. Agape love doesn't depend on the circumstance or the character of the person. Like that, the Bible tells you to love your enemies. That's, that's not based on circumstance. That's based on your character, not the enemy. Does it make sense? Like I can love someone who's done me wrong because Christ commanded it. Love your enemies. Bless those who despitefully use you. Well, you don't do that because you feel all these really cool feelings for them and you just love being around them. You don't like that person. But Christ didn't give you an option. He said, love that person. What benefit? Anybody can love somebody who loves you. Mm -hmm. So... That's agape love. Well, the fruits of the spirit are not based on circumstance. When my wife passed away, I had peace. I had strength. I had joy. When I lost my vision, I had peace. I had strength. I had joy. I had that peace that passes all understanding. And let me tell you, that's for real. It's not based on circumstance. It's based on who Christ and God is. The joy of the Lord is my strength. His joy is my strength. Now, when you face one thing, you can, one way to look at it, all we're doing is watching the Bible come to fruition, the prophetic. All these prophecies are just happening right before our eyes. That tells you that something is um, accurate. <laughs> the scriptures are accurate. Jesus said, you, in this life, you will have many troubles. Don't be shocked that you're dealing with something. Jesus said you were going to. But he also said, but I have overcome the world. So if you're focused on your circumstances, you're going to struggle. If you let your faith grow with despite the circumstances 
and go, God, what can you teach me through this? What do I need to learn through this? What are you trying to teach me right now? Like I told you before we went live, I'm dealing with some stuff. If I focused on what I'm dealing with, I'd be struggling really bad. Not saying I'm not having some emotional roller coaster rides right now, but I know who my Jesus is. And because of that, as long as I lay it down in front of him and say, hey, here's the circumstance, here's the situation, it's yours. Lead me, guide me, show me what to do. Give me wisdom. Don't react out of emotion. Don't react irrationally. Before you do anything, what's the Bible say to do? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer. Supplication, yep. Yeah. Get intimate with Jesus. It's a, it, that's how you find that joy and that peace. Knowing that he's got your back. He's got good credit with me. I mean, at the stuff that I've been through, I look back on it and go, it's almost, how did I make it through that like I did? And there's only one answer. There's only one answer. We're all going to deal with stuff. How are you going to respond? Because you can't control stuff that's going on. You can't control it. Can't control COVID. Can't control Ukraine. You can't control because your transmission goes out. You can't control that you got a flat tire. Are you going to whine about it? Mope in your corner? Or are you going to go, hey, God, this has got to be in your plan. Whatever it is, we're going to come out victorious because your book says so. So looking at your circumstances will take you down. And it leads you to a path that you know, and like I had mentioned earlier, <clears throat> a long time ago, you know, I, I came from, I had suicide thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything that was bad, everything that went wrong, whether it be career, relationship, anything, job, whatever, that was the first thing I thought of, mm-hmm. you know, of course, before I became a Christian. And then sure. I Greg Laurie speak about how Christ can fulfill a void in a person's life. You got it. You know, and and as I shared earlier, you know, March 24th, yeah, 1997, I gave my life to Christ. It's awesome. So today is my spiritual birthday. Yeah, I sing (laughs) to you, but God made me a drummer for a reason. So go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, you know, I mean, and he can, man, you know, I mean, not like I said in the previous video, interview you know when you become a christian it's not like we walk tiptoe to the to the tulips you know right it's, right it's, it's not jesus said you will you 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 know you're gonna have suffering you're gonna have trials but, but count like it all said, joy yeah count it all joy and, and i know sometimes it's, it's hard to do yep. that even for believers you know yeah I mean, yeah you know we, we even for believers that's why I encourage people to read the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. David went through. Here's a guy after God's own heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I always say he gives us all hope. <laughs> yeah. Because that guy, you know, everything that he did and to be a guy after God's own heart. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, wow. So, and it, the other thing I love, man, is to encourage people who maybe feel like they're not good enough or whatever. Well, 
why did God call a man who's been divorced not once but twice to lead a marriage ministry? Why did he call a murderer to write a lot of the New Testament and preach about love? Why did he tell a guy who stuttered to go talk to Pharaoh? He loves using the imperfect because then his glory really is seen. Not that he can't use someone who's got it all together, but the broken are the ones that he seems to want to use a lot. Well, he wants to use everybody. He doesn't, he's not a respecter of any person. So he doesn't favor anybody, but if you want to be used, he will, regardless of your past, regardless of your imperfection and your mistakes. He look at Peter denied him three times. We deny him a lot in our own lives by not doing what we're called to do or because we disobey his word. It's, you know, the Bible has a great principle application to today. And Peter was a reactionary hothead. Yet, upon this rock, I'll build my church is what he told Peter. Pretty good stuff, man. Pretty good stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and I know, dude. I mean, we can go on and on, man. No. <laughs> but unfortunately... <laughs> Basketball's on tonight. No, I got to do a lot of editing. Not on this, but from previous, from this past weekend. <laughs> but man, I tell you, it's been it's been great, dude. We we got to yeah. do this again, man. We absolutely. I know, I know, you got stuff going on, you know, and I don't want to, you know, with your your voice and everything, about to about to get ruined here by talking, you know. So <laughs> that's why you should drink some tea. <laughs> I'm going to go get me a Sprite. I've had five <laughs> cups of coffee. I'm going with Sprite before the NCAA tournament comes on. How does a blind guy watch an NCAA tournament? Uh, you go by the sound. You know, I do. It, it depends on the crowd. <laughs> it does. I actually, um, when I moved in this house, my parents helped me get a 10-foot projection TV. So my, my TV is actually 10 feet wide. Okay. So And, and, and it depends on, uh, you know, Who's that? Who's ever the loudest? I would think in, in the name of the team. Who's ever was, the loudest in the name of the team? Those, that's who you. That's who you root for. Well, you know, because I did have vision, I can detect some of what's going. I can see football better because the football field is dark. My my eyes. I have about three to five percent vision, so my pupils don't contract when the light hits them. So all light gets in. Which means everything when it's bright is it kills my eyes. Yeah. That's kind of what basketball does because of the bright court. Okay. But football, you've got the green grass. Yeah. Sometimes it blends in with the players wearing dark uniforms, but I, I can watch the game much better than I can basketball. But I love March Madness. So yeah. well, <clears throat> like I say, man, I'm so sorry about your, your your Kentucky Wildcats. Being a North Carolinian, you know, so Okay, who does North Carolina <laughs> play this week? Uh, I think I want to say Notre Dame. I don't know. I think I'm not sure. Play who? I think they play Notre Dame. Oh, okay. I think now I'm not sure. Now I, I don't. I know Notre Dame is in the ACC in basketball. Yeah, and I think football they're in more it's still independent. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you sound you sound like a big fan of North Carolina. Don't even know who they play. You know, like, like I say, man. I, mean, I don't <laughs> care where you are in the world. <laughs> Where I am in the world, I'm a Carolina fan. I'm messing it, with it, you. It doesn't matter if, if it's – just be a North Carolina team. <laughs> I, don't oh. I don't care if you're Duke. I don't care who you are. 
if you're in North Carolina team, I'm rooting for you. Really? That's <laughs> odd to hear from a North Carolina fan saying <laughs> well, Duke. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm a, I hope I, the fact that it's Sasaki's last year. I mean, I hope they at least get to the Final Four. They may not win it, but you know. So, but that's that's just me though. I'm I'm like that. I'm I'm not like you know. Everywhere I've gone, I've always been a Carolina guy. Yeah, that's nothing. North Carolina fan as sports. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, the bad thing is, though, I mean, we were joshing back and forth about it. Some people take this stuff like it's no, life or death. It's like, is this really I put know. your life in perspective? <laughs> would you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you got people out there like like the COVID thing. I, I love cracking on people about that. Gosh, I've been locked up in my house. I can't go anywhere. I'm like, and? Why are you complaining? You can jump in your car and go drive around town to get out of the house, roll your windows down. Guess where I am? Mm. I'm in my house, locked in it. Yeah. I can't jump in my car and go anywhere. Don't come crying to me because you had to quarantine for 10 days. <laughs> I've been quarantining for 13 years, <laughs> big whiner. I'm the last guy you want to complain to, I promise. I know. <laughs> Man, I know, I know, man. Oh my gosh, I have to wear this mask. I can't even recognize people for who they are. I'm like, and <laughs> really? welcome to my world. You are whiner? You, are you serious? People, people actually were saying that to you. Uh huh. Well, oh my goodness, it was it was a. Uh, you know, when I wear this mask and everybody else in the church is wearing the mask, it makes me hard to recognize who it is. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they weren't really complaining. It was more of a joke on that one. But I'm like, welcome to my world. Oh, man. Boy, I can't wait to hear this TV, this this show you got going on. That's going to be hilarious. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, Yeah, we've got got some cool stuff planned. There's going to be a segment. Well, I'm not going to say. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely got to keep me posted on that one, man. Yeah, I'm going to do a little stand-up comedy. And it's it's just going to be a lot of fun. But like I said, it's, it's all geared to give God the glory first yeah, to inspire and challenge people and um, have some fun at the same time. You know, our, our dream, our dream and our goal ultimately is to have a hotline because we don't want to go play a church or a theater or wherever we are and then leave. And that's it. We want to disciple people who get saved. We want to encourage people to, to rededicate and we want a volunteer team of Christians who can take phone calls Three months down the road, if they're struggling, yeah, yeah. give give me somebody to call so I can tell them what's up. Yeah. Somebody to pray with me. So we we have bigger plans than just going on stage. We want to spread the word and, and disciple people through it. Hey man, that's what it's all about, man. You know, especially yeah. in these days. John, man, keep doing what you're doing, bro. You know, and um, golly, thanks that's again. gonna be thanks, thanks for for taking the time out to to come on PMP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you just said, keep doing what I'm doing. I'm like, well, you told me to keep doing it. And now you're stopping the interview. (laughs) How am I supposed to keep doing the interview if you're stopping it? (laughs) Because (laughs) that doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. Cut. (laughs) See, I haven't even said goodbye yet. Now you know why I'm at home all the time by myself. (laughs) You definitely need to, you know, you definitely need to become a comedian as well. I tried, but everybody laughed at me, so I quit. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> that's, that's awful. That's <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. <laughs> 
I, all, right, uh, I, I, all right, man. Yeah, it was good talking to you. Same here, man. You don't, next time you text me, you spell check, okay? Uh, hey, I don't even know. Hey, I, I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. So. <laughs> I'm like, dang, my screen reader's got a speech impediment. Forgive me. I have to look back <laughs> in my text to see what you're talking about, actually, because I don't know if I made a mistake or not, because I read it before I sent it. Well, you are from Carolina, so. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, North Carolinians? He's next door to Kentucky, so. Hey, you know, my first speaking engagement that I had to take a flight was in North Carolina. I went to Raleigh. Really? Sure did. You gotta watch it, man. They, they know you now. <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm going to have to go under some other alias. <laughs> they know you now, buddy. They know you now, especially after this interview. They're definitely going to know you now. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Good knowing everybody. I will take my website down as soon as we're off of here. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Email me. Say hello. I love that stuff. All right. We'll put it in the description, man. Yeah, I love it. All right. God bless you, bro. You too, man. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for watching Power and Pounders on YouTube and Facebook. You can also listen to the podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. God bless.